It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 931- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study and we welcome you into the virtual bible study for thursday december 20th 2012 thank you for joining us on the program tonight my name is jacob gwynn my father greg gwynn is to my right your left hello dad welcome to the program jacob great to be with you tonight and uh, we should go ahead and introduce him now monty is behind the controls monty uh, welcome back for the second week in a row thank you jacob and, it's good uh, to be here. and we're going to be expected to talk more this week yeah. than you did last week yeah last week we didn't hardly let him get a word in edgewise so tonight we're going to have to we're going to use monty's resources That's he always, right. I mean, he always he, has he, good he, things got, to say you've got the tool you might as well use it Right. Yeah. Well, right. we've got an interesting program tonight. Be, be, before and we go to that, wide, wide-ranging topics. Before we go to that, though, let's push our Bible reading yes. calendar again. I'm not getting much response on the Bible reading calendar. If you'd like to have one, you can still get it in time for the new year. Yeah. Yeah. We don't Act even have now. to. We don't even have to do you know like overnight mailing yet. We can no. still get it to you in time. Seriously, though, if you uh, would like to have a copy of our, I think, 13th annual Bible reading calendar yes. for 2013. Uh, just send us an email, questions at collegeview.com, and, and just send us your snail mail address. We'll get you a hard-printed copy. Or you can just, if you've got Microsoft Word, we can send you an, uh, uh, the file. You can uh, open it yourself, print it if you want yep. to, or just have it on your computer. And I've just been informed of a special offer that we're having. You two for the price of one if you need two. That's right. We can get you two. We can get you more if you need yep. them. Right. So just let us know. Uh, but we do think it's a very valuable tool. And uh, what it Hardly can imagine a better New Year's resolution. We might right. talk about resolutions coming up, but can hardly think of a better one than to devote yourself to, uh, you know, a committed regular reading of the scriptures. It's really helpful. Operators are standing by. Yeah, get your order. We're, in. we're standing by. We'll, right. we'll get it to you. Okay, let us know. Uh, Questions at collegeu.com uh, is the email address to use to get those calendars. And that's the same. While we're talking about that address, questions at collegeu.com. Remember that if you are not on our update list. Every week when we send out uh, news about what our topic is going to be, you're not getting those updates. We also send out on that to that same email list, we send out our weekly uh, church bulletin here at College View. Uh, if you'd like to be on our email list, uh, send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just say, add me to the and list. And that is the way you participate in the program tonight. And it's also the way that you could just send us an email. And uh, maybe make a comment on a program that you heard recently. Maybe you agreed or disagreed. Or just send us an email and let us know that you're listening. Questions at collegeview.com. That, that, that inbox is going to get busy. You're using it for a lot of different purposes. We right? hope so. We hope so. We love to hear from our listeners. All right. And, uh, so uh, if, you can, if you need any of that information, please let us know. And the toll-free number to reach us is 877-381-4567. Uh, that's toll-free, and it's available to you at any time as well. 877-381-4567. And if you're watching us live on the chat and tonight, the chat room to your right of your video window is open. A few people are signed in. Most people are lurking tonight. That's okay. But if you'd like to join in the discussion, sign in with very easy instructions at the bottom of the chat window. And also, while we're doing house cleaning here, uh, remember that if you want to listen on your smartphone or tablet, we're not fully uh, 
tech savvy on all of those connections, but we do now have a means for you to sort of a workaround, Jacob. If you go to Ustream.tv, you can get an app for your smartphone or tablet, download their app, then go to that app and search for the virtual Bible study. You'll find us. You can watch us live when we're on air. You can watch archives of our past programs there, too. And while we're house cleaning, I've been getting a little bit of feedback that the podcast file may be somewhat incompatible with some new podcatching software. I don't podcast. I mean, I don't receive podcasts, so I don't know, but that's what I've been told. So you might give us some feedback. Yes, I podcast, and yes, it's working for me, or no, it's not. The issue is the new ones don't show up at the top of the list, so you have to sort of look to find the one. Okay. So they're there, but you may not be getting the most recent one. They may not be sorted by date, yes. So we're changing the date format on the file. I know we get a lot of listeners by podcast. In fact, we got an an email from Al in Milton, Vermont. Yes, thank you, Al. Who thanks us for the program and, and says that he's a regular podcast listener. So yep, uh, we know you, a lot of people do listen on the podcast. Yeah, it's easier. I, I, you got a busy schedule at night. I do, if, too. If, you're too if, if you miss us on Thursday night, we'd love to have live participation. We'd, we'd like for you to be listening live. But if you miss us, you get the podcast, put it on your uh, right. iPad or your MP3 player, right. and Listen to it on your commute back and forth to work the next day. That way you don't have to get mad at the guy in front of you. You can get mad at us. Yeah, but, I mean, it really would help pass time. It's yeah. much better than listen to the uh, chatter on talk radio oh, or, yeah. or the filthy music or, right. or whatever. Right. Yeah, so do that. All right. All right. So uh, let's talk about our uh, questions for tonight that we sent out earlier today to our update and list. There were, uh, there were two of them, and they're yeah. wide-ranging. It's sort but of we're going to try to break disjointed. The, sort of break the program in half talk about two uh in the news items, mm-hmm. so to speak. Okay. This is December the 20th. Tomorrow, obviously, is December the 21st. That's correct. And according to the Mayan calendar, it's the end of the world. Yes. The ancient Mayans. I think, what did I, I, I got a little history on that just this week, and I think the Mayans, their civilization, uh, civilization collapsed about six or 700 A.D. Oh, my. So, 14, 1,500 yeah. years ago, wow. they had projected a calendar, yes. and their calendar ended tomorrow. Yes. Some people say that that means that they were anticipating the end of the world. It, others have said it may just mean they got tired of calculating out future dates and quit. Yeah. And none of us are going to be alive here. <laughs> quit riding. You know, yeah. so they, and, and so, but there, there are some people who have just absolutely gone overboard yeah. in anticipation of the end of the world tomorrow. Yes. Uh, and, and there's doomsday predictions. There are uh, – uh, what are these people, Monty, that they called preppers, the ones who oh, I've heard that. who stockpile a lot of food and, and uh, munitions. equipment and munitions? Yeah, I've seen it advertised on TV. I actually watched one episode, and it was sort of boring. But anyway, I think they call themselves doomsday preppers. So yeah. For whatever cataclysmic event comes along, they're prepared to – to last, last it out and yeah. survive it. Yeah, and, and, they, and they're all wound up about this December 21st day, too. So we yeah. thought, since we, if, if that is, in fact, the case, we are in the final hours of our existence, maybe we should talk about it. Yeah. You okay. know, this might be the last virtual edition Bible of the virtual. Stuff. You may ha- not have to change those podcasts. Oh, files. I might not. Uh, yeah. So don't, don't well, get wouldn't too, that be a benefit? Don't get too right. carried away with that until yeah. we find out, okay. for sure. Until right. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Saturday, I'm back on the hook. All right. No, seriously, we want to talk about the end of the world. Give us kind of an opening to talk about the end of the world. 
uh, and we ask these questions about the end of the world. Can you document any historical guesses that failed? In other words, somebody's guessing here about tomorrow. Would they, they certainly are not the first ones to ever make such guesses. And it's kind of interesting to track some of those. Yeah. <clears throat> Secondly, what can be said about the timing of the end of the world? And third, what things do we know for sure about the end of the world? There are some things we know definitely sure. about the end of the world. Right. There's going to be some unknown okay. things, but so, some things we know about. Yeah. So we'll talk about those. Okay. That, that'll be the first half of our discussion. Now, the second half, we want to go to a very sad uh, situation in that Connecticut Elementary School where the fellow shot and killed 20 kids and six adults. Yes. Uh, it's, it's brought, it's, it, it really has motivated a lot of discussion, even in the in the media. Uh, uh, but also, I, I, I mean, even in conversations I've had with people in the last week, a lot of people are obviously very upset about that. Right. Uh, and I think it, that they're not just political considerations. I think there's some deep moral considerations connected to that sort of an event. Yep. And so we use that sad occasion uh, to ask these questions. What factors do you think contribute to such acts of violence? Yes. Number two, what things, uh, sort of the sort of things that gain a lot of media attention, probably have little to do with such events? And third, what should be our response to these situations? All right. And uh, that's it. That's going to be an interesting discussion, and I look forward to that. I'm looking forward to this end of the world discussion as well. And looking forward to your comments, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. The chat window to the right of your video uh, feed tonight is open as well, and you can comment with other people there. I see uh, Henry from the U.K., Sharon from South Carolina, and you can be next. Uh, sign in the chat window there. And let us know your thoughts. Well, the end of the world. Uh, you know, we've talked about this before. I think we even had a program about this a couple years ago when, well, when remember, it first started coming to the surface. Well, yeah. yeah, I don't know so much about the Mayan apocalypse, but remember, it wasn't what just a couple of last years ago, year, last it? year maybe, yeah. when that Harold camping, camping yes. out, out in California. Mm-hmm. We even interviewed one of his uh, yeah. uh, colleagues. Yes. Uh, you know, that guy had told us that he personally. Uh, disposed of all of his personal wealth right. and used it to advertise that date that they were picking. Sometime in May, wasn't it May 2011? Yeah, something that, like that. Yeah. The, and he didn't have any money left. He'd spent all his money. We wondered what happened to that guy afterwards. So there have been a lot of predictions. Uh, and we asked, can you document any failed predictions? Uh, Ramona in Texas mentions yep. Harold Camping. I'm going way back to November 19th, 2009. The title of the program was 2012, The End of the World. Okay, so we did talk about this yeah. nine, three, years, three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Ramona in Texas is talking about failed guesses. She mentions the Harold Camping guess last year, the Y2K hubbub, uh, you know, back yeah. when, when the calendar turned over to the new millennium. There's a lot of generators. And she said there was, there was talk about the Hadron Collider that creates a black hole. Someone said that if the black hole was created, it would destroy the world. It didn't. Remember that big yeah. uh, uh, particle. particle accelerator yeah. in Europe? They yeah. thought that was going to bring about the end yep. of the world. Yep. All uh, right. Uh, Chris uh, says they're too numerous. This is to Chris li- in Atlanta. Yeah, they're too numerous to list, but a good list is found. And he references Wikipedia, list of dates predicted for apocalyptic events. Uh, the extensive list starts in the first century and goes all the way to the year 2280. Wow, that's interesting. So yeah. it's not a new phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Chris in the U.K. Yeah. mentions... Uh, Prophecies by Joseph Smith, uh, the founder of the Mormon religion. Uh, he said, prophesy that the earth will tremble and the sun be hidden in not many days. 
Uh, he says, For not many days hence the earth shall tremble and reel to and fro as a drunken man, and the sun shall hide his face and shall refuse to give light. The moon shall be bathed in blood. The stars shall co- become exceedingly angry and shall cast themselves down as a fig that falleth off of a fig tree. Yeah. And references Doctrines and Covenants 88, 87. And that was written um, in uh, 1832. And so if my math is correct, it's been 179 years of not many more days. So, uh, okay. yeah, that, that one failed. Then he mentions a whole bunch of prophecies by the Jehovah's Witnesses. the first one you ought to just call it quits and that, that seems to be a repetitive thing here you know they, they keep they, they sort of they're in the hole and they keep digging deeper if uh, you miss the first one monty don't come out with another date well yeah. they they seems like consistently these guys they're doing it off of some kind of calculations and they miss it and then they come back and we say, calculated wrong well we missed the calculation well we've seen where we messed up now it's going to be right. this date. yeah well okay. then this date can, oh but we yeah. found another variable yeah. i mean they yeah. just keep going on with new variables and things yeah. and yeah. like you said Missed it. You've proven yourself a false prophet. Yes. Give sit up. down and be quiet. Yeah. As, as uh, I've also got a number of the ones that Chris, Chris and you came mentioned from the Jehovah's Witnesses. Also, Herbert W. Armstrong, uh, the Worldwide Church of God, predicted 1875. Or, excuse me, 1975. Missed it. Hal Lindsey in the book The Late Great Planet Earth predicted 1988, and on and on. Here's some funny. Here's some kind of funny ones. Willie Day Smith chemical engineer from Texas Tech who claimed he was a, a, an expert in Hebrew numerics predicted April 1st, 1980. Was that a joke? April 1st, yeah. uh, maybe. Uh, Ted Kresge, who was a karate instructor from St. Petersburg, Florida, ran full-page ads in 40 major newspapers predicting June 20th, 1981. <laughs> Ed Wisnett a, a 56-year-old retiree from NASA wrote a book, 88 Reasons Why the Rapture Will Be in 1988. In fact, he predicted specifically Tuesday, September 13th, 1988. Of course, he was wrong. And then, as as Chris in Atlanta mentioned, you can I mean, there's catalogs of predictions about the end of the world, all wrong. And so, uh, as we said, if these guys would learn... Anything, they ought to learn to stop making the predictions. Because right. we're going to see that you can't make those predictions based upon anything in the Bible. Anyway. That's after we'll we get, get from our break. We're going to talk about what can be said about the timing of the end of the world and what things we know for sure about the end of the world. And for those in the chat room tonight, the pop quiz for you as we go to the break is, uh, are you concerned about tomorrow being the end of the world? Why or why not? What is your attitude toward the end of the world? 
perhaps being tomorrow. Let us know your thoughts in the chat room. We'll look forward to hearing those during the break. Or if you'd like, 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the Virtual Bible Study right after these important messages. Hi. My name is Mike Johnson. I'm a member here at the College of View Church of Christ. Have you ever heard someone say that the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic? Generally, people say this when we say that we must be careful to follow all the commands that God has given us. When we say, God says we must do this, or God doesn't command us to do that, people respond with, the members of the Church of Christ are too legalistic. Well, while it may be impossible to know exactly what people mean when they make this accusation, if they are accusing us of being legalistic because we say that we should follow all the instructions that God has given us, then that accusation is correct. But let me ask you this. Which of the commands that God has given us should we ignore? Can we pick and choose which commands we follow, or must we follow them all? Jesus said we have to follow all the commands of God when he said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? We want to call Jesus our Lord, so we try to follow all the commandments that he has given us. We don't in any way think that following God's commands earns our salvation, but we do think it is necessary to be pleasing to Him. Here at the College of the Church of Christ, we're trying to follow every command that God has given us. If, as a result, some people call us legalistic, then so be it. We think it's what God calls being righteous. Here's some quotes worth pondering. A good conscience is a soft pillow. A Christian without trials would be like a mill without wind or water. What place should we have for patience, meekness, readiness to forgive if we had nothing to try us? The biggest troublemaker you'll probably ever have to deal with watches you from the mirror every morning. Deal with him and you will solve and prevent a majority of life's issues. He who loses money loses much. He who loses a friend loses more. He who loses faith loses everything. Nothing confirms evil men in their course like the backsliding of the righteous. Unsaintly saints are the tragedy of Christianity. Man, I wish I'd said that. Broadcasting around the world with truth that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight as we talk about the end of the world. And, uh, well, we want to know if it's going to be tomorrow. A lot of people think it is. And uh, are there some signs that we can look at? Let us know what can be said about the timing of the end of the world. 877-381-4567. Sharon in the chat room is signing out saying she's ha- she's losing the video. If anybody else is having that problem, let us know. It may be just a problem on her end. Well, count your blessings, Sharon. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to look at it, Sharon. Yeah, you may yeah. be doing well. But seriously, if anybody else is having a video, uh, having trouble catching the video, let us know. All right. Uh, what about it, Cat? What can we know about the end of the world? What about the timing of the end of the world? Can we know? Will there be any signs? Well, uh, we have an anonymous email here that says there won't be any forewarning. But we've got a differing opinion uh, from some of our other listeners. Uh, Ramona says it's going to be like a thief in the night, 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 through 4, and Matthew 24, 43, and 44. So uh, Ramo- uh, Ramona says uh, you're not going to know. It's going to be like a thief in the night. Yeah. Um, Chris in Atlanta says uh, many people point to signs of revelation as to sure signs that the world will end. Uh, they do not understand that Revelation was written for that generation and not ours. I, I think that's right. A lot of the, a lot of the doomsday, uh, end of end of the world kind of stuff is based upon interpretations put upon the Book of Revelation. And of course, Revelation is a difficult book, full of symbolic language, uh, and and I, I'm convinced that we probably never in this lifetime be able to put a, an absolute hard 
hard and fast, provable interpretation on every single sign or symbol in the book of Revelation. I don't think it's absolutely necessary, but one thing I do know for sure is that the very first verse in the book says the revelation of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, which God gave to him to show to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant, John. Yep. The book of Revelation was written to talk about things that were going to shortly come to pass. Uh, and so uh, he, he wrote uh, to the seven churches of Asia, real people in real time in the first century, to talk about things that were going to happen to them. Uh, and, and so any interpretation that, that tries to predict something happening in 2012 or later or, or any time in our lifetime is a based on the book of Revelation, is a, is a failed interpretation. All right, now, interesting comments from Chris in the U.K. tonight. And Chris cites several verses. Uh, the Bible tells us, he says, that there will be a final day, a day of reckoning, a day of judgment. He cites Second Peter 3, 10 and through 12, the day of the Lord will come as a thief, uh, when the heavens will pass away uh, with roar, and the elements shall be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works shall be burned up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of uh, people ought you to be in, all, in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning and the elements will melt with for intense heat? And he also references uh, Revelation 20, 11 through 13, Revelation 21, verse 1. Now, he goes on and says, It is obvious that the Bible tells us there will be a final day of judgment. But do we know when that will be? He references Matthew 24:36, but of that day and hour knows no one, uh, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father alone. And 1 Thessalonians 5, 2 through 3, for you yourselves know full well the day of the Lord will come just like a thief in the night. While they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly, like birth pangs upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Chris goes on, though, and says, however, we can know the times and the seasons. In other words, the Bible tells us that a woman who is about to give birth experiences birth pangs. So also will be the condition of the world before it comes to an end. There will be symptoms that will increase right before the end. He references Matthew 24, 4 through 8. Notice what it says in Matthew 24, 4 through 8. See to it that no one misleads you, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and will mislead many. And you will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you're not frightened, for those things must uh, take place, but that is not the end yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes, but all these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. He also references... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, you want to wait, stop those? Okay, minute, okay take, take that one and then we'll go on. All right, we've got to stop you, Chris, right there, because you've made a flaw in your understanding of Matthew 24. You were right... I think, when you referenced verse 36, of that day and hour, knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven, my father only. Yes. Uh, uh, as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Uh, no words without were, warning. Without warning. Yes. Uh, he even says, uh, uh, know this, verse 43, that if the good man of the house had known of what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have suffered the house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Right. And so Jesus, concerning the time of his second coming, which I think he's answering beginning at verse 36, uh-huh. I think there's a break there. The disciples had asked him two questions, verse 3. If you go clear back to the start of the chapter, verse 3, he sat upon the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? So they had asked him, 
He had just predicted the destruction of the temple. Verse 1, they showed him the temple. Jesus said, there shall not be left here one stone on another that shall not be thrown down. So he had predicted that the temple would be destroyed. His disciples, I think, asked him, not knowing that they were asking about two different times, when will the temple be destroyed? When will be the end? When will you come again to judgment? Right. In other words, it'd have to be the end of the world for the temple to be destroyed. Right. So he answers both questions. He answers the first one first. When will the temple be destroyed? And in that context is where Chris quoted verses 4 through 8. There'll be wars and rumors and wars and famines and earthquakes and pestilences. But notice, now you've got to take this into context. When you get down to verse 34, Jesus said, Verily I say to you, this generation shall not pass. Till all these things be fulfilled. Oh, those signs that Jesus was pointing up to was going to... The destruction of Jerusalem. Those were going to occur in the same generation he he was talking about. Yeah, all those signs, uh, certainly all the signs leading up to verse 34 are dealing with the destruction of Jerusalem. Yes. Some people think the whole chapter is dealing with the destruction of Jerusalem. I happen to take the view, uh, and some do, that Jesus actually changes at verse 36 to to address the the later question about his second coming. Mm -hmm. And he says, of of that day and hour knoweth no man. And he says there won't be any signs concerning his second coming. He'll come like a thief in the night. And that's the same terminology that Paul used in 1 Thessalonians 5. Uh, He says uh, that the day of the Lord will come as a thief on the night. A thief in the night. A thief in the night doesn't give you any advance warning. So I'd have to disagree with, with uh, Chris's statement that, well, well he, I think he's misapplying Matthew 24 there concerning the signs that are listed in Matthew 24. I, I think it's very clear that the signs of Matthew 24 were about the destruction of Jerusalem. Okay. All right. Thank you, Chris, for your comments uh, tonight. He concludes, so we see that the Bible tells us there will be a final day, a day of judgment. We agree. And that the earth will come to an end. We agree with that. And that there will be new heavens and a new earth. And uh, we don't know when that's going to be. I think that's the answer we got to lock down on is that we don't know. Okay. We can't say with any certainty. There's not going to be any sign, no way to calculate. That's why all these guys who make these predictions have missed it because you, just, trying to you, do the you can't predict it. Yeah, yeah. You just can't predict it. Yeah, the Herald camping and uh, these Mayans apparently know more than Jesus himself because even <laughs> Jesus says he doesn't know. And so uh, interesting comments there from our listeners and appreciate those. Yeah. Um, Quickly, before we get to our halftime break, Jacob, let's, we let's change re- subjects. Yeah, we've got to change subjects. So let's, re- let's take this last part of this. What things do we know for sure about the end of the world? I think Chris has done a good job saying, you know, we, it, the one thing we know is that he is coming. That's for sure. Jesus taught that he was coming. The apostles yes. taught that he was coming. We know that Jesus is coming. A few things that we know about his coming, it will be visible. In other words, you're not going to miss it. When Jesus ascended into heaven in Acts 1, verses 10 and 11, the, the apostles watch as he ascended to heaven and two men, uh, obviously angels, said he will return in like fashion as you've seen him go. So he's going he's gonna to come visibly. He's going to come audibly. First Thessalonians 4.16 says there will be a shout. The trump uh, of the Lord will sound and there will be a great shout. So you'll hear it. Uh, he'll be in the clouds. He'll come with his, angel, uh, with his angels, Matthew 16.24. The dead will be raised, John 5.28-29. And, of course, judgment will happen. Uh, when that happens, the, the righteous will be uh, rewarded, the, the wicked will be condemned, Matthew 25, verse 31. So I think the key thing for, uh, you know, honestly, uh, I'm not losing any sleep at all about the possibility that tomorrow could be, they could be the day. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it likely it's not the day. 
just no one knows. Yes. Um, but if it was tomorrow, I'd be glad for it to be tomorrow. As long as we're prepared, then we can say like the Apostle John said at the book, end of the book of Revelation, even so, come quickly, come Lord quickly. Jesus. Not, Jesus, not so. only not only can we have that attitude, we're commanded to have that attitude. In Second Timothy chapter four, verse eight, hence, uh, Paul said, "Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous Judge shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love His appearing." Do you want that crown of righteousness? You need to love it. In other words, if it's tomorrow, that's too late for me. I wish it would be tonight. That'd be great. Money? If you come tonight, I don't have to go to work tomorrow. Well, that, well, yeah, but, you know, I think yeah. I think there's the danger that we get so wrapped up in our in our world and, our, and, and in our secular interests, you know, that if we found out, you know, if the Lord's, if we heard that shout and the, and the trumpet of the Lord sounded, we said, oh, man, not yet. I, I got some things I didn't get done yet. There's some things I got to do. I, I think we, some people might, even some Christians might be disappointed to think that it was, we ought to rejoice if it was happening. There's nothing to be afraid of it. It's certainly not a, you know, all, the word that's been attached to this uh, in the media as they've been talking about this 1221 date is doomsday. Fear, fear, Do, doomsday. Yes. Oh. It's not doomsday. I mean, not if you're prepared. Now, it will be a day of doom for those no. who are unprepared to, for the Lord's coming. Yeah. But for those who love his appearing, it'll be a wonderful thing. Yes, uh and Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And to them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin to salvation. We need to be looking for Christ and be eagerly awaiting it and look and longing for the day that he comes. And I think that's the problem for a lot of people that profess to be Christians is because those sinful activities they're engaging in and they're not ready to let them go yet. And they've got this foolish notion that I'm going to live to be at least 85 or 90, right. so I can sin until my late 80s, and then I'll repent at the end right. when I can't do anything else, yep. and I'll go die and go to heaven. Well, that's why it's going to be doomsday for them, because they are not prepared. They're not anxiously looking for the Lord. They're anxiously looking for the next opportunity to engage in some kind of wicked deed. Well, and that is a good barometer for us as we uh, want to gauge our lives and maybe see how we're doing. Uh, ask yourself. Am I, what I, is it, am I looking for Jesus to come today? Am I excited about it? If I'm not, maybe I'm not living as I should. If I'm not, maybe my treasure is not where it needs to be. What do I think? How am I thinking about Jesus' return? It's a good gauge on how we're living. Exactly right. All right. Well, we need to take a break. That's All right. Tough. When we get back from this break, we're going to talk about the, the aftermath of the Connecticut school shootings and what we might learn, what moral principles and lessons we might be able to draw from that. All right. What about the mass shootings? We want to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, the line is open, 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. We'll get this week's bullet point and be back with your comments right after this. Have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately? Check it out now while you listen to these important messages. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Every Christian should be concerned with reaching his or her maximum potential in service to the Lord. It is understood that we all have, quote, gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. That's Romans 12, verse 6. But it should nonetheless be the goal of every disciple to accomplish the maximum for the master. The scriptures frequently warn about developing any sense of complacency or self-satisfaction in our spiritual work. The Laodiceans were rebuked for imagining that they were, quote, rich and increased with goods and having need of nothing, when in fact they were wretched, miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. That's Revelation 3, verse 17. 
Paul warned that one should never think of himself more highly than he ought to think, Romans 12, verse 3, and displayed the correct attitude himself when he said, quote, I count not myself to have apprehended, but I press toward the mark for the prize, Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. But how do we achieve our full potential? Some seem to think it's the duty of others to see to it that they are completely utilized in God's work. These are the ones who sometimes complain that they aren't being used or that their talents are not being fully recognized. They assume that it is the burden of the local church, perhaps the elders in particular, to make sure that they are totally employed. There is no doubt that congregational leaders should be providing opportunities for service to every member. In reality, this makes the church more efficient and effective. But is it ultimately someone else's job to keep you busy in the kingdom? We believe the answer is no. In the final analysis, you will be accountable for your own productivity in God's vineyard. If you don't feel busy enough, then it is within your power to do more. Use your own initiative to find and engage in the important work that needs doing. Look for areas that you feel are somewhat neglected, and then get busy filling that void. Be sensitive to people who need help, or things that are not getting fully accomplished. Bottom line, get busy. It's up to you to do all you can for Him. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Steve Novorak, reminding you to listen to the Virtual Bible Study every Thursday night at 8 o'clock Central Time. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the Virtual Bible Study. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight, and we do remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can find out more about us and also podcast a recent sermon that was preached here by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. You can find out... Uh, more information about the church, more information about this program. Listen to archives from over seven years' worth of programs, and uh, they're waiting for you there at thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We're talking about various, a couple of very, uh, various topics tonight. We're switching gears now. Talking about a school shooting. Yeah, we're talking about items in the news. The first was the predicted apocalypse on 1221. Yeah, uh, we're going to change gears now. I think now. Uh, Chris is in the UK, and uh, it's almost it is well, twelve twenty one over there, I believe. I, I, I think I saw a note from uh, Aaron or his wife Sherry in Singapore. They're still alive. That it's already twelve twenty one over there, and they're still breathing. So okay. it has, I, I no. don't know how that's supposed to hit. You know what time zone? Did they did they have time zones when they were making their calendar? Well, but you know they would before. I guess it would happen. It would have to happen before. It flips to 12:22 at the international dateline. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so there's so still we got, some more we time. got a while. Hold on tight. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's ticking away. Yeah, because yeah. we're already into 12. You know, those of us here in the Western Hemisphere, we get to use the day last. Yes. So in our days, uh, it's it, already worn out by the time we get. Yeah, it. yeah. So our our 12:21 hadn't started yet, but it's yeah. it's well underway in a lot of places okay. in the world. All right. All right. Now the school shooting. Let's get uh, on to that. Okay. Uh, concerning the recent school shooting, we said in our update, what factors do you think contribute to such acts of violence? Okay. Uh, then we were going to talk a little bit about things that the media pays attention to that probably don't contribute yeah. much. And, and, and then, I'm afraid. Then our response. I'm finally. afraid that there's some people in the world that have a better grasp on this than Christians do. Maybe not. Oh, really? I'm interested right. to hear your yeah. thinks. We got a, an email, and we won't take time to read all of this, but in, in the email that we got from Al in Vermont, uh, he, he references an article that I had seen it, too, by a fellow named Jared Jackson uh, who talked about just the children. The children are innocent. Their angels are before God. They will return in the resurrection. You know, that's one thing I said to, to, to my wife, you know, that what a sad thing. But at least for those kindergarten children, we have confidence that they're safe, more, you know, eternally safe 
and we, we can take some comfort in that knowledge. Well, yes, that's right. They don't. Uh, they can. Uh, they can experience uh, God's uh, mercy and grace. And, and that's uh, sort of what Carol from yes. uh, from uh, Huntsville, Alabama. I guess that's Huntsville or Athens. Athens, uh, Alabama. Athens, Alabama. Mm-hmm. She says. This may not directly answer any of the questions you posed concerning the recent school shooting, but it's an observation, just thoughts that have gone through my mind as I hear people make comments about their concern for those 20 children that were killed. Yes, the whole scenario is a tragedy, sad to say the least, but I'm not concerned in the least about those 20 children anymore. I know it is devastating to the loved ones left behind, and life for them will never be the same because of their loss. However, those 20 children are going to be with God forever and will never experience any pain again. The ones I'm concerned about and the one and, and there's nothing to do for them anymore. But the ones I'm concerned about, there's nothing to do for them anymore. But unless any of the adults killed were Christians, then they were the ones to feel sorry for. Had those children reached adulthood, the likelihood of them obeying the gospel being saved was slight. Who knows what they might have become? Now they are with God. We should feel jubilant. Another thing, if the loved ones left behind are not Christians, wouldn't it be wonderful if they would be converted so they could one day be united with their sweet children? Just thinking. Carol, thank you, Carol. All right. And, and that, is, that is, I think, certainly a, a point of comfort to, to think about the, the eternal safety of those children who were killed. All right. The, those are good thoughts. Um, yes, and uh, appreciate those. Uh, you asked the question. So, so the question we want to really deal with, what... What things do you think contribute to these acts of violence? Anthony in the chat room says these acts of violence are due to evil choices made by base people. Our society begets this through our obsession with violence, sex, and the collapse of the home. I'd have to agree with Anthony. Uh, we not, this is nothing that our society doesn't deserve. Yeah, I think Anthony nailed it in one, one short answer there. I really think that what we're seeing here in the case of all these violent acts that are taking place is a real breakdown of society. Uh, it's not necessarily new. I mean, you can go back historically and you can find references to horrid events like this that have happened right along. I do think one of the things that's happening is we have lots better news coverage these yes. days of everything mm-hmm. that happens. And mm-hmm. so we get a lot more information. You know, if this had happened 100 years ago and, and you know, here we are half a country away, it would have been weeks and weeks before the news of it even filtered down I to wonder, us. I wonder how good that uh, that use of technology is. I wonder if we need to know yeah, that yeah. this kind of stuff is going I'm afraid that fuels some of it. Yeah, so. there's no doubt. I think that there's some copycat kind of things right. that go on. Right. Does it, uh, is it really important that we know this kind of stuff? I don't know. Monty, your thoughts? I mean, do you need to know I mean, that, uh, that you know things are going on like that? Quite often, as I'm on the way home from work in the afternoon, listen to the radio, talk radio. And the newscast to come on, and it goes through a whole list of things. And I'm sitting there thinking, I need to know that why. Right. I need to know that why. I mean, just a whole bunch of stuff going on right. that really ultimately has no impact on my life. It's happening on the East Coast or the West Coast or state, some other state or even maybe in West Tennessee or East Tennessee. And it really doesn't have anything to do with me, and I really don't have – there's no value to me in knowing these things other than the fact it's – some kind of sensational event right. that gets people to listen to the news coverage and increases their rate. I really think we got to question whether or not we we need all the news that we have these days. I really think Doesn't that I know. Us. I think I know of some Christians that become over obsessed with things in the news unnecessarily and 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 depressed. Yeah. I mean, the news is not the news typically is not something that wants to bring you up. It wants to make you fear and and uh, and shock. I, and and, and uh, I, I'm not saying we shouldn't be informed about yeah. what's happening in our world. I, I I think there's a value in that. But you know, there's 
it, it can be overdone yeah. to the point that it distracts us from what we really right. need to be doing. I so I think that's one observation. Anthony says in the chat room the, the media certainly fans the flames of all this. But Anthony is, I think, spot on when he suggests that our society has got an obsession with violence, sex, and the home has collapsed. He says specifically the total failure of parents. Take the lo- local case of the teenager posting threats on Facebook right here in our own community. Hmm. Uh, there's apparently been a kid who posted threats, uh, uh, and when and when they investigated, he had a marijuana pipe, guns, and a pipe and had pipe bomb materials in his room. I didn't know that, but I, I did hear that there was a case just locally here. Since the Connecticut thing happened, there had been a, a, a local kid uh, who was who was talking the same sort of thing. So uh, let's let's talk about some of the other factors. Of course. What the media focuses on, inevitably and almost immediately, they focus upon the gun. Yes. Uh, and and certainly guns can be used for bad things and are used for bad things. Uh, all of us in this room here, Monty and Jacob and I, we all have guns. We like to go hunting. and We think that there's an advantage to have a gun to do certain things with a gun, but we—you're not very good with a rock, are you? When you get for that I, I deer, I don't throw rocks well at all. Yeah, yeah, those, that deer would have a good chance. You know, that. when we were kids, we tried to make bow and arrows out of sticks and strings, and that didn't work. You never work killed either. any deer no, either. Uh, for that, yeah. But uh, you know, the gun control is a political uh, thing, and and the and the politicians will <laughs> rush to talk about we got to control the guns. Well, as is always pointed out by by. By gun advocates, by Second Second Amendment people, guns don't kill people. People kill people, and and they they might use a gun to do it, but they they might use a a, a bomb or they might use a knife. They, if you take their gun away, they'll find another way to kill. You got to figure out what's making these people do this. You know why are they using guns in those in those ways? It's not a question about guns. It's a question about the people using the guns and what's causing that. And 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 as I've thought about this in the last week since the Connecticut school shootings, you've got to think about the the overexposure that these young people are having to violence, uh, very graphic and violent video games that they're playing just endlessly. Christians are doing this. And And if you have, have you seen these things? No. Oh, I mean, it's real life. I mean, these people are walking up to you, you blow blow their brains out and the screen turns around. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not like the old days. You know, it's not like the old Atari like, days. It's not uh, like Pong? Money. No, it's no, not no. Like it's not, Pong. Or it's not asteroids where you're shooting rocks. Yeah. I mean, these people, they look like people. you got a real gun, and you are and you're, and you've got, you got all the sound, and it's very realistic. I mean, and I think parents need to think about that. Well, it's even my understanding that you can go on the Internet and do this live and interact with other players. So yes. It's not like you're just competing against uh, a program like on right. the old video games that I used to play. You're, you're killing you're people. Actually competing against individuals. And the people that you're shooting are real people on the other side yeah, so behind the controller. I mean, yeah. why you're not actually killing anybody realistically, yeah. but it looks like it on the screen. And you're programming yourself to... Yeah. What you see is what you are. Hey. What you put in your mind is what you are. And you're programming yourself to say, it's okay to kill people. Yeah. I do it all the time. Yeah, you know, the, the, I think the big one now is modern warfare. And, and parents are or, okay with this. Yeah. Uh, or, well, I, hear, I hear one. I don't know anything about a call of duty. Call, yeah. yeah, that's what, a big one, too. What if, it, what, if it, what if it, what if it, let's just say it's not violence. What, let's say it's fornication. What if it was modern fornication? Would parents be going out and buying this for the kids? Uh, they're not really fornicating. They're just doing it on the screen. It's okay if, if it's on the screen. Is that? Would we be going along with that? But nobody right, stops to think would. about it. Uh, 
uh, uh, some people would go along with that just uh, because, uh, like Anthony mentioned, the deterioration of the home, the obsession with violence. And but sex, there's a lot of parents wouldn't. With it. Well, there's a lot of parents wouldn't even know that their kids are doing it because they're not true. paying any attention to their kids. Right. They're letting they're letting those electronic yeah. devices be their babysitter, and they're not even paying attention. And the home is just a is. Before is we all happen to sleep. Yeah, they just happen to crash there. Uh, well, and the parents don't want to be involved. It's too much. It takes too away from what they're doing. They, I mean, they want to have their entertainment, whatever that might be, and course, let the kids go off and do their thing. Well, uh, of course, the other thing about violence is not only the video games, which I think I think as Christians, and I mean, I don't have kids at home anymore, but those of you who do, I think you got to think about limiting the exposure to that violence. I mean, it, it, because it's so much more graphic than it used to be. As you said, Jacob, you know, we used to. I mean, I watched westerns when I was a little boy. You know, and, uh, we watched the Roy Rogers and the Lone Ranger, yeah. and they and sometimes people got shot. Yeah, but it was real unrealistic. You know, they just shot and they just they just fell over. You know, but now on the video games and in the movies, the, the graphics are so intense. I mean, it, it, I think it. I take. I I would predict that, and I'm not a psychologist, but I would think that psychologically that takes it to another level. When, when the, instead of just seeing somebody fall over when they get shot, to see their to see their internal organs just splattered over a wall, in, in very realistic I graphics. Yeah. I mean, I, you got to think that that makes a difference in, uh, in the impact that it has on on a person's mind. Well, I mean, yeah, if it didn't make a difference, they wouldn't put it on the screen. Oh, and, and, and it's about getting an emotional response from yeah. you. That's their, that is their career. Is get, if it didn't make you feel some way, then nobody go watch it. it they are very successful. At make, you watch one of those those movies, and when somebody comes along, you want to shoot them, shoot them. You know that you want to do it. Yeah, and I've, I've thought, you know, you've got the good guy and the bad guy, or the good guys and the bad guys, or the good army and the bad army. And we want the, we want to save the lives of these people, but we can take all those lives over there. Like, you know, how's come it's okay to take those lives, but we got to save these lives and I just think it's a. I just yeah. think it's a real. But you know, I've had I've had Christians say. I mean, even in Bible class, I remember one time in a Bible class, the guy said, "Well, that's just violence. It's not yeah. a big deal. It's yeah. just violence." Yeah. Well, the Lord teaches us to be a nonviolent people. Yeah. And and so we're being conditioned by the media, by these video games, by the movies, by the TV shows. We're being conditioned to be a violent people to react violently to the least provocation. And that's not what God wants us to be. And it's cheapening human life. If you don't like what somebody's doing, you blow them away. They do it on the movies. It's, it's cheap life. And, you know, I, I said I, I thought that uh, people of the world are getting this more than Christians. I heard on the news, uh, a news commentary on the way to work the other day, that uh, Hollywood is beginning to say, we need to question the violence. Uh, uh, an, an actor, I think, and I don't know anything about him other than I got a, a forward on an email about him. Uh, he apparently is no, not any moral character. But he's saying, we've got to stop and step back and look at this. And apparently Hollywood is delaying the, review, the release of some violent movies. Yeah, but they're not going to. So they may delay it a week or two until till this, till this latest episode blows over. But they understand some things, I think, that Christians don't. Because Christians, oh, it doesn't bother me. It's just violence. It's rated R, but it's just violence. Go watch it. It's a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I've heard I mean, people say the same thing about nudity in movies. Oh, that's TV. That doesn't. It doesn't affect me. I'm thinking, well, you must be it or something. Something wrong with you. It does, you know, no, I think that's a pretty good parallel, Monty. People say, oh, I can watch that sexual content and it doesn't bother me. Well, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. In the same way, if you can say, I can watch that violence and it doesn't bother me, 
then you're making a bad statement about yourself. Right. That, that, it that bothers you're, God. Why, do, why doesn't it bother you? Yeah. Are you so desensitized that that it, is that the reason? It doesn't bother you to see a human being get his brains blown out? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't bother me. Blow another one out. I don't care. Yeah. It's so, fun. Do so, it again. Let's see it. So as Christians, I think we got to seriously yeah. think about that. I think our society as a whole, because this is a relatively new thing. When we think, when you think about violent video content of all kinds, yeah. that's a this generation phenomenon. Yeah. Or, or maybe two generations. Yeah. We, you go back 50 years ago, people weren't seeing things like yeah. that. Yeah. So with... Within the last 50 years, this has evolved to where it is now. You don't think that changes the way a human mind works? Monty, when you were growing up, did you have toy guns? And, and all kinds of toy did guns. Did your mom tell you, don't shoot people? You, you, you have the gun? I mean, don't, even, what, even with toy guns, we said, yeah. don't point those at people. Now, now parents are giving them video say, don't blow that guy's brains out. Get the, get the bad guy. He's coming around the corner. Blast him. What's I mean? What, yeah. Are we are we making a are we thinking? Yeah, we, I, that's a good point because I remember when we were kids, you know, we, we were specifically told yeah. because it was sort of a way of training a kid how they might use a real gun later right. on to go hunting and, and to and to value and, human and, life. You don't but, shoot but, people, but you taught gun safety. Don't point at it. Don't yeah. point at anybody. It's just a little dart gun or a, a shot of suction cup, but you don't shoot people with it. Yeah. All right, we got some comments. Monty, in. you got Monty's about to go here. Monty, go. Well, I'm kind of wondering, maybe a little off the. Topic a little bit at the same time, you know. When I got, well, I was already an adult when paintball guns came. We, we played paintball and get up on we that were, mic, Monty. You're cutting. We you played up. paintball and we were shooting each other. Well, now it's sort of scaled down, maybe a little bit. We've got airsoft guns and we're giving it to our preteen children to go shoot each other. And I'm, you know, I enjoyed playing paintball. I haven't played it in a long time, but as I look back on it, I wonder about the wisdom of it. Yeah, I I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Well, it, it and we're not trying to. We're obviously doing we're a lot. Sounding like old fogies is what well, you're we're, saying. Well, we're expressing a lot of personal opinion yeah, yeah, here, yeah, obviously. Right, right. But I think the unmistakable thing is that, as Christians, it needs to be considered. The exposure to violence and the practice of violence, you've got to think about that, especially with our young kids and the influence it's going to have on them. Let's, let's take our last break. When we come back, we'll wrap this up. Uh, we need some thoughts from you in the chat room and better yet over the phone. What do you think? Uh, have we been all wet or you got any thoughts about this? Let us know. 877-381-4567. We're back right after this. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church. But you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more. There's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study? You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects, and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. 
We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A new survey shows that almost half of church-going Americans say their time spent at church has not caused any changes in their life. The Barner Group survey found that 46% reported no change, while about 25% said their lives were greatly affected by church attendance. Another 25% said that it was somewhat influential. Additionally, three out of five church attendees said they did not walk away from their last church visit with any significant new understandings or insights. That information via the Religion News Service. The Word of God says in Matthew 15, verse 8, This people draweth nigh to me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program. We've got to go fast. We talk about the school shooting. Guess 48 says uh, it is a result of many contributing factors, not just one thing. I think that would be the case. Yeah, we got a lot of comments yeah, in the chat room. We're not going to get them all. Uh, uh, real quickly, we've got some emails to catch up on. Um, Ramona in Texas said uh, the, the contributing factors are things like lack of religion in the home is number one, lacks parenting skills. What mother would buy an arsenal of guns with a son with a mental problem, which is apparently what happened in Connecticut? The ability to buy uh, assault guns like the type used in warfare. Why do you need an AK-47 to kill a deer? I, I would I would probably disagree a little bit about that. I don't think it's the type of gun. Guns, I don't think it has anything to do with guns, period. I mean, it you you can take a 22 rifle and shoot it just as fast as you can pull a trigger. It doesn't have to it doesn't have to be shaped like an assault rifle in order to do it. All these are semi-automatic weapons that that will shoot just as fast as you pull the trigger. But when you get right down to it, in this school shooting, the person could have went in there with a single shot, any kind of rifle or pistol or shotgun, and accomplished the same task because the people were running and hiding. They wasn't trying to attack him to take him down. Yeah. So. I don't the think type that, of weapon that he used is totally irrelevant. It still gets back to a moral issue. Yeah, I think that's it. And then she mentions violent video games uh, brings about a passivity to violence. I think it probably more the idea of a callousness toward yes. violence, making it easier to do the thing in real time. I think so. And an anonymous emailer says, uh, what factors? Uh, no moral compass to guide them. Lack of faith and belief in God. They don't know Christ as their Savior mismanaged mental illness directed toward innocent public. Thank you for those comments. Chris in Atlanta says uh, there are so many factors that could contribute to this type of unspeakable violence. Mental illness and or, or, and or a heart given over to evil are but just two factors. And uh, Chris in the U.K. says uh, they normally, as all forms of behavior, come from an A, B, C, D process. I have to note these in care uh, of his autistic uh, son's actions. A is the antecedent to help that lead up to it, uh, the trigger. B is the belief, what you believe, or uh, is belief, what you believe or think is the cause. C is choices and what can you can and cannot do about it. And D is the decision you make. And so he says you got to you got to control yourself. You got to intervene in that. It's break down that process. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, most people are either subject to divine moralism, as we are, go by, or go by how we are told to act by the God whom we serve, set down in their divine text, or as a consequential morality. Uh, morality. If I do this, how will it affect me? And so society by their laws and the enforcement of them. Or if I don't apply, will this help or hurt me? If they come to a wrong belief, say, about what happens to them when they may lash out or act in a way which is seen as irrational and immoral, but uh, to the person plausible and acceptable, like autism, coming from the root auto, which is self, 
will cause my son to see his brother's biscuit, which, uh, which being left on the table so he can go for a comfort break, is open to him and take, uh, take because it, to him he wants it and it's left. Though we, including his brother, will see that it is wrong and is acceptable and remarkable, reasonable to be taken. So, so, so the, the idea of uh, just sort of governing yourself and not using an absolute standard. Okay. All right. In the chat room, several comments in the chat room. Um, John in Oklahoma says someone on the news uh, said that the media needs to focus on the names of the victims and not turn the criminal into a celebrity. Uh, Anthony mentions that this guy, Adam Lanza, that did the shooting apparently spent all day playing video games. When you're desensitized to the idea of taking human life, it's no big leap to go do it for real. Um, uh, then there's some chat in the, in the chat room about the, sort of whether or not this guy's been made a celebrity. The fact is, as Anthony says, everybody in America knows his name. Uh, in other words, he got he got the recognition he was seeking, apparently, which is unfortunate at yes. the cost of mm-hmm. all those lives. Okay. Uh, the Democrats used this to push gun control. The Republicans used it to push prayer back in school. In other words, the politicians are going to make it a political thing, which is unfortunate and unnecessary. Uh, Anthony mentions that video games in his day were low-tech. Now they're totally realistic, completely immersive. And that's a big difference. Uh, guest 448 says the guy was mentally ill, and I think there's a there's been I'm I'm somewhat uh, encouraged to notice that even in the media there's been some attention being paid to the fact that these guys are crazy, Bonnie, which is really the, the heart of the issue. Well, the problem I have with <laughs> trying to lay it all off on them being crazy is there was this uh, theater shooting a while back, there was this school shooting, there was the Virginia Tech shooting that I hear mentioned a lot recently in the news. All these people have got it. They may supposedly crazy, but they got enough mind about them to go places that's posted no guns allowed, where they're reasonably comfortable that they're going to be so able to finish what they started without being hindered. And I wonder if it isn't a cop out. I wonder if it isn't us just overlooking the problems in our society. Say, oh, he's nuts. He well, was in crazy. In our society, we try to avoid being responsible right, for anything. Right, yeah. Everybody, somebody else has got to right. be responsible for it's, my problem. It's just yeah. an easy scapegoat. He was crazy. Let's not worry about the other problems. But if they that were got genuinely crazy, they wouldn't be picking soft targets. They would just. They'd go somewhere and do it, he, but it would always enough, be a soft target. Okay. Good point. And he had enough sense to be able to accumulate the weapons and have everything ready to go. He made his plans and all yeah, this yeah. and had a processing. So he, he, he wasn't just completely uh, incapacitated and non-functioning. He had some uh, – but, you know, there were plenty of warning signs that he was up to this sort of stuff. Somebody needs – to take action when, when there's when there are these warning signs. Quickly, what things that uh, gain lots of media attention probably have nothing or little to do with such events? Uh, our anonymous emailer says gun control laws. Uh, That's what's getting attention. It really doesn't. Pay, it Ramona doesn't. says that the kid had autism. Kids with autism are not violent. He was taught these things by his mother. So she, uh, Ramona doesn't think it had to do with his mental illness. Chris in Atlanta says I would say the media is beating the drums for strict gun control and possibly an outright ban. That is misguided. We do not ban automobiles. When people get a DUI, the car is not the issue, and guns are not the main issue here. Uh, and so uh, there you go. Chris in the U.K. says uh, opinions from mostly well-intended professionals will explain how mental mental health played a role. Lacks gun laws, uh, specifically the assault weapon ban, the overall climate of violence in society, the economy, the current atmosphere of violent rhetoric all contribute to these events. Okay. And, he's, and then we said, how should we act? Uh, how should we react to these situations? Chris in UK says, weep with those who mourn, first of all. See life as precious. 
restrict the availability of dangerous items to people who uh, are not mentally able to handle them. It's already against the law for many mentally incompetent people to have firearms. Yeah, you, there are laws. You know, in other words, they want to pass new laws if they would enforce the laws we got. We got plenty of laws, but we got to get to the root problem, which is a breakdown of the moral fabric of our culture. Absolutely, our anonymous emailer says, "What should we do? Prayer, outreach, and support. Unity. Continue to share the gift of salvation through Christ." Ramona is is, is uh, encouraging stricter gun control. I, I really don't think that she says. I believe in the Second Amendment, but it's gone way overboard with the assault guns. Uh, I doubt the founding fathers were thinking about assault rifles when they wrote this amendment. I, again, I technically with, there's been no assault weapon legally owned assault weapon ever used in the commission of crime. But with all due respect, Romano has a faithful listener and participant. We thank you. And for that. Uh, good I, I just don't think it's yeah. She, she has lots of good comments. I just don't think that the guns are the question. The question is the people using the them. next two paragraphs. She says, "Bring God back to the family. Absolutely, teach our children." Uh, teaching our children is a sacred responsibility. We should not let the schools do it. It's our responsibility as parents. Don't just teach, but be an example by the way you live. Ephesians 6, verse 4. Something has to be done about violent video games. Also check to be sure what your kids are doing on computers. Don't, Absolutely. Don't let, Amen. Your, don't let computers and televisions raise your children. We see what's happening when, it, when, it, when they do. Uh, and Chris in Georgia says, first and foremost, we should pray for all affected. Next, we should look for any opportunity to individually minister to the victims, if feasible and appropriate. We should... With, we also should with, uh, hold rushing to judgment until we have all the facts. And lastly, many, many times, uncouth people at work or even friends may make sick jokes about the situation. We must not participate, laugh at, or encourage such behavior. This reads the situation breaks my heart to think of these poor parents having to look at uh, the Christmas gifts they brought, uh, bought their children and have to walk into their rooms and know that they will not get to see them on this side of eternity. There's nothing funny about this and other tragedies. Thank Amen. You, Chris. Amen. All right. So, uh, lots of good comments, lots of participation in the chat room. Thanks, everybody, who's been involved. We're over, we're over time, but uh, we thank everybody for participating. All right. Uh, well, good discussion. Good discussion. Monty, thank you for two weeks in a row. Glad thank to have you, you here. Thank you for your comments. Uh, Dad, thank you for your time. Thanks, Jacob. And uh, next week will be the last one of 2012. If we're still here, well, it will be. It'll be it, it, it would be a blessing not to have virtual yeah, Bible study next week. We might be blessed to not um, have the virtual Bible study because... Maybe the Lord will return between now and then, and we pray that he will. Yes. But if he doesn't, Lord willing, we'll be here. All right. What shall we talk about? Well, we'll have to come up with a topic, and we're always open to suggestions. Let's uh, have your suggestions. Questions at collegeu.com. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 9.30 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.